week of June 25th, 2023, and we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 4, but before we get there, a little disclaimer uh, on this podcast. You're going to hear some music going in the background. We are recording this during our Vacation Bible School week. We talked about rescheduling just to have a little more of a quiet studio, but I thought, what the heck? I mean... Let's just have fun. I love the noise of the church, the kids, we're having a great time, and I get to wear t-shirts and shorts all week, so what's not to love about that? Bonus. There you go. So we're, you're going to hear some background noise, just uh, nothing's wrong with your radio or your computer, uh, so we'll have a little soundtrack accompanying us today. And both Dave and I just returned from vacation. Where did uh, where did you and your family go? We went to Surfside, Texas, and then Houston and San Antonio through Waco, and then went back up to Tulsa. Well, you did a big driving tour, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Wow. It was a lot of road time, and we spent the better part of two hours sitting in traffic in Dallas. All kinds of fun. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, every time I go to DFW, it's it's going to happen. I-35 I coming north is terrible. Yes. Yeah. So um, we, we were just talking beforehand. So what, one of the things we love to do on vacation is is eat. And some people, Dave, it sounds like you're different than this. You, I mean, we go to places and we go, okay, where can we eat? I mean, that's kind of part of the destination mm-hmm, for us. Mm-hmm. So are y'all that way or do y'all make most of your own food? We make most of our own food. So we, we, we rented boring. an Airbnb. I know it was boring, but you know what? We got to go to H-E-B. Yeah. That is an experience in and of itself. And, if and you're was, not from Texas, you have to go absolutely. when you're in Texas to an H-E-B. And with small kids, I mean, the, the price of eating out, even with kids' menus is just astronomical. So. Even even with grocery shopping, I think we spent like $200 on groceries just to pay for a week's worth of food to, to prepare it ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, so so we whenever we go places, we always Google restaurants. We like to do something local. We don't like to do chains. We went to Branson, um, and we've been there plenty of times over the years. And we have our favorite places. But this time we went to a place called Getting Basted, and it's a barbecue burger place. <laughs> okay. Oh, we got basted. Let me tell you, and it was fantastic. So I, I don't know how we've missed it or if it's new. Um, but next time you're in Branson, Missouri, getting basted is, uh, and I had uh, had their smoked turkey, great baked beans, and coleslaw, so, and their burgers were really tasty as well. So, mm. so Brad, have you been on vacation yet? Uh, no. Do, do we give you vacation? Here? But I am going on a mission trip. <laughs> That's even better. Where are you going? Brazil. Brazil. So um, have you been to this place in Brazil? I have. It's so, a small city on the western side of Brazil called Toledo. Okay. And so is there a place that you've eaten there before that you... Uh, there's a steakhouse there that we oh. misordered the last time we were there, a Brazilian steakhouse. And because we did not speak Portuguese and the uh, waiter, understandably, didn't speak English. He's not from America, so why would he speak English? Um, we somehow in the order got a lot more food than we thought we needed. <laughs> so many, we, we want to... Oh, my gosh. I got... I I got the biggest steak I've ever seen, kind of like the, the, and then there was another one the same size under it. 
Oh, wow. It, it oh, was, my it mouth was, was insane how much food we had. It was just three of us guys. So anyway, we're, 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 we're kind of promised each other a rematch. Okay, so so did you polish it off or did you take a to-go box? No, I ate the whole thing. <laughs> it was You're that good. good. I was not eating because I was hungry anymore. I was eating because it tasted good. That's exactly mm. right. Oh, man, it was steak. I could eat steak all day long. Mm-hmm. Now, we did stop at Rudy's. Oh, if did you you've really? ever been to Rudy's Barbecue. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you've not been to Rudy's, uh, I think the only one that I know of in Oklahoma is in Norman. Yes, the only one in Oklahoma. We stopped in Waco because it's special to us because it's right by Baylor's campus, and Ginger and I went there on many dates. Not not many places that are a good gas station and barbecue place in one. It's hard to find both together. Typically, (laughs) gas stations and barbecue don't mix. Have you you been to Rudy's before, Brad? I've not, but I have a place that I think is in Texas. Well, I'm not sure it's even there anymore, but... I took the boys to a bowl game, and we stopped in um, Paris, Texas, on the way to Shreveport. And um, we stopped at, Tex- at Texas All-Star Burger and Fencing. <laughs> burger and Fencing. You okay. Could, if you walk in the front door, you could turn left, you could buy a burger. If you turn right, you could buy a chain link fence. Not bad. Okay. It was the best hamburger I've ever had in my life in terms of store-bought. It was fantastic. You can buy a burger by the linear foot. Yeah. You need to. So. The last time I was in I Paris. Had your foot. <laughs> and I'm hungry now. So if you're in the car right now and you're anywhere near Norman, just turn the car, go toward Rudy's, eat some great barbecue, because that's probably where I'm going to head for lunch today. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to ditch the church and go eat barbecue for lunch. Hey, after VBS is over today, let's road trip it. Let's do it. I've got a, a $50 gift certificate to Burnco. Okay. And that will buy $50 gift certificate to Burnco will pay for one of our meals. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We're all done. We're, gonna here. <laughs> We're leaving now. We spent a lot of time on that. Why don't we go to the Bible? So this is uh, Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm going to read uh, the first part of this chapter, and we'll, we'll unpack it just a little bit. But I want you to, to remember, boy, I just did a hard shift from food to Scripture. Well, after you, after you eat, you want to rest. And the passage that, is talking about rest. There you go. So I think we could make that segue. We, we could probably make that segue. Yeah, so... Um, the, the whole idea of Hebrews, is, again, is a book of exhortation, drawing near to God rather than drifting away. And in this first generation of Christians, it was so easy for these new, newly minted Jewish Christians, thus the name Hebrews, to drift back to an old religion instead of staying in this new relationship with God through Christ. Because Christianity was still pretty rudimentary at this point. And I'm sure people missed the liturgy. They missed the the temple worship, the temple sacrifice. They missed that heritage part. And so many of them were going back to religion instead of holding on to a relationship with God through Christ. So the writer of Hebrews, with this word of exhortation, says, Jesus teaches us everything that is knowable about God. You're not going to find this kind of depth or breadth in any other place. And so he unpacks that through uh, helping us understand Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is fully human. Chapter 3, Jesus is greater than Moses. Then he continues that storyline of the Exodus. Okay, Moses brought the, the Israelites out of slavery across the wilderness. Where did they end up? In the Holy Land where it was said that they would be given rest and rest from their enemies. And so he c- continues to take this same storyline, which is integral to the Jewish faith, and use it as an example of saying it's Jesus Christ. It's not just about being in the Holy Land. It's about being in Christ that brings us rest before God. 
So let me read this, and I'm going to let Dave, since he's writing the pastor's cut, he's going to take lead on most of this. I'm, I might just uh, make a, a few comments and give a few questions. Or just sneak out and go get some barbecue. You know, if you don't hear from me in the next 20 minutes... You'll know where he went. Yes, uh, but only Dave will know. He'll not throw me. Man, I'm hungry now. <laughs> Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful and there's that exhortation again, that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. And this is talking about those who came across the wilderness. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest and yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere, he who has spoken about the seventh day in these words, on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for us to enter that rest, and since those who have formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again said of a certain day, calling it today, this he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. It's quoted twice in chapter 3. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is covered, excuse me, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So I'm going to stop there. There's one more paragraph that I want us to touch uh, on toward the end. But this is taking that Exodus image of coming out of slavery, crossing the wilderness, and finally coming to that destination of entering God's rest, not by coming into a holy land, but by coming into a holy relationship with God in Christ. So Dave, um, I'm going to turn it over to you for just a minute. Tell us where you're going with the pastor's cut. If you were teaching this, what are some things you would point out? So... One of the things I look at when I'm teaching a passage is I always look at repetition and, and what, what keeps coming back again and again and again. And there seems to be an emphasis on rest, on today, and an emphasis on discernment. And so I would, write, I would really try to unpack those three concepts from this passage and ask, what, first of all, how would you define rest as a starting point to talk in general about what rest is, what is rest in this context. Certainly there's Old Testament allusions to the Passover, or not the Passover, to um, the Exodus and to entering the Promised Land and finding rest but not really finding rest. And yet there's something about forgiveness of sins and wrapped up with the gospel message in the middle of that. And so I would try and wrestle through what does that really mean? What Some scholars, I'm surprised, actually have even wrestled with is this this event of rest is it something that we get to experience at one point in our lives is it an ongoing thing is it something that's already and not yet is it just something for the future what is it so so let's let's try to define rest and i, I i've not pre-formulated this so we might you know need to to 
make a few laps around this. So we see immediately as God creates the heavens and the earth on the, on the last day, he rests. Mm-hmm. And we're given a commandment in regards to that. One of the big ten is, you know, remember the Sabbath day and, and keep it holy. We are mm-hmm. to have that day of rest. Uh, it's what God chose to do. He chose to cease from his labor. Um, and it's something that we're commanded to do as well. And here's where I want to kind of get on my uh, soapbox just a little bit. I think a lot of pastors and ministers and most people are not very good at taking one day off. We should have one day where we unplug. Mm-hmm. We don't do anything that is about effectiveness or efficiency. We stop doing and we just be and we rest. And I think part of the Sabbath commandment is realizing the world can go on without us. And what it does is it adjusts our worldview just a bit because many of us think, well, the world can't go on without me. Yeah, die today, and the, I promise you the world will go on just fine tomorrow. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's a way of, of putting in perspective who we are and who we are not. So in, in that regard, rest is just simply having perspective mm-hmm. on who's God and who's not, and not always being about doing, but being a human being. So I don't know if you have any other ideas regarding um, that idea of rest, not only that, I think rest also deals with, not only is, is rest that, the Sabbath rest, but I think it's also talking about something more, because it also talks about the promised land, and entering rest as something where they don't have to work anymore, they don't have to struggle, they, they can genuinely experience rest with God. And so I think there's something to the rest, not only do we take a day off in a week, the Sabbath rest, but I think there's something about rest from religiosity, from earning our way to God, that because of what Jesus did through the cross, because of the good news, because we accept it and we believe who Jesus is, that we can experience a deeper level of peace and rest from the busyness and frenetic pace of life, or even from from our, our sense of rhythms or feeling like we have to earn our way to God. We don't have to anymore because of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. I find it interesting uh, in verse 11, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest. It almost says here, you have to work a little to enter that rest. You have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. So so rest is not a lack of effort. Maybe it's a, more of a lack of anxiety. Um, That's a good way to put that. Yeah, so it, it's not, you know, it's, it's not about, this is not dependent on me, this is dependent on Christ. Um, one thing I've discovered in resting, and I'm going to use this as an illustration over the years, if I, if I take my day off on Friday and I try to do nothing, I'll be miserable because I'll, I'll, just, I'll be sitting there, okay, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. My mind will race, anxiety will go up. I don't need to do what I normally do. I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I, I garden. In fact, uh, Winston Churchill was uh, known to be a, a fantastic painter. And that's how he kept his sanity. It's not that he wouldn't do nothing on his days off, as he would do something different. And so we are called here to rest. Quit trying to earn your way to God. Do something different and trust. Mm. Trust in who Christ is. Make that effort to trust him. Uh, it's, it's moving in a little bit different direction, and it's effort without anxiety. I like that. I do too. Uh, let's talk about uh, the scripture here for just a moment, and I'm, uh, I'm going to zero in on a couple of places as I prepare to teach this. Verse 12, for the word of God is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. 
It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing is in creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and lay bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. I think there's real value here in understanding the, the importance of uh, the importance we put on Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, God's Word is Jesus Christ, but the record of that revelation in Christ is in the Bible. Absolutely. And so one of the values we have as a church is to study the Scripture together. And I read a statistic earlier this week that, that says only 11% of regular churchgoers read their Bible on a daily basis. 11%. Wow. And, and that actually that stat is a couple of years old, so it wouldn't surprise me if it's drifted down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we need to hear the Bible. We need to read the Bible. We need to study the Bible. We need to memorize the Bible. Yes. We need to meditate on the Bible. Yes. Because, and as St. Jerome says, ignorance of the Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Yes. And so that's when we talk about the importance and centrality of the Scripture and as community group leaders, I would encourage you, stay connected with the Scripture. In so doing, we stay connected to God. Absolutely. And if I were teaching this, um, I might ask this question, what's one area of the Bible that you've never studied before that we might want to, to tackle as a community group? You could do that on a Sunday morning. You could also do that as, a, as an independent study. And I'll throw this plug out right now since we're in the middle of the summer. If you want to in the fall, maybe maybe you throw that out there and, and a really good idea comes up. Maybe you want to study Revelation as a class, or you want to study Daniel or, or something from the Old Testament. Come on a Wednesday night. Bring your entire community group. Use your room. You can have that space. Let's have more people occupy the space on a, on a Wednesday night. We already have the building open. We have it available. Child care, meal. Yeah, exactly. We've got all the things you need for a community group to take shape on a Wednesday night. Come on down. Plan it. Let's make it happen. And in addition to that, if you find that topic, our resources through Right Now Media are pretty extensive. Mm -hmm. And and you know if it's on Right Now Media, it's going to be good, solid teaching. So if you say, we want to dig into Revelation, you go, well, ah, boy, I'm in over my head on that one. I guarantee you we can find some material that would almost be something you could facilitate more than teach. And even you as a teacher could be in that learning posture. It will be squarely evangelical. It will be biblically sound. You'll have some good space to explore. I'll put one more plug in there. So in July, four Sundays of July, excuse me, four Wednesdays in July, we are doing a senior adult Bible study on Wednesdays for lunch, and hopefully you're hearing about this through our publicity. But we're studying heaven, and uh, <laughs> mm. I, don't, I don't know if I should publicize it this way. But for senior adults, I wanted to call it Next Stop Heaven. Is that does that sound rude to you guys? Actually, one of the community groups does say that their that their next stop they're going to graduate from the room that they're in. To heaven. Okay. So I, I don't think it's unfair. I'm not. I mean, I think it's good news, right? Yes. I think Brad went off to. Well, Franco. some of us are older than others. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's all I'm saying. Sorry about that, Brad. It's yeah. All right. But we're doing a study on heaven. If that's something that you've never done an extensive study on, you know, the ideal is we're going to end up there one day. We ought to know where we're going. Okay. So this idea of rest. Uh, this idea of scripture, talk around that. Now, here's the picture of Jesus being the great high priest, this last paragraph. Uh, and by the way, this is not the first time that is mentioned in Hebrews. It's the third or fourth mention of Jesus being our high priest. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We don't follow a religion. We follow a person. And this person is God. This person is a human being. This person has those two natures in his one identity. And because of that, we can approach God through him with confidence and with courage. Dave, any thoughts here? Yes. I mean, gosh, everything about this, because of who Jesus is, because of what Jesus did, we are we have a right relationship with God. And you might even ask, you know, what, just as the, the verse before, you know, verse 12 and verse 13 talks a lot about discernment, that, that God is able to see everything that's going on. How do you invite Jesus to discern what's really going on inside of your soul? It's very easy to perform. It's very easy to put on a show and make it look like you've got it all together. So many times in church we do that when we get together. How often do we really get serious with Jesus and invite him to actually look at what's going on in the inside and ask him to be the one who, who guides us and directs us at a deeper level? So let me encourage you with that verse 16. And again, the whole idea of Hebrews is an exhortation mm-hmm. exhorting us. Let us then therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Uh, I've asked you this summer to pray. Approach God's throne on behalf of other people. Approach God's throne on behalf of yourself. Pray that, that hope in Christ would be the anchor of your soul. Pray for other Christians that they would run with perseverance the race marked out for them. And then pray for people who have yet to know Christ, that uh, today if they hear his voice, that they will not harden their hearts. Let's approach God's throne of grace. Let's live this out and pray for people who do not know Christ or who do know Christ and are struggling, and pray this for ourselves as well. I think that's all I've got. You have anything else, Dave? I, I've got a lot of other stuff, but we'll save that for the pastor's cut. You said, so, you, had, you, had said you had one good quote that you wanted to use. So, yeah, there's, you know, talking about it's easy to, to sort of fake what's going on. Um, there's an a, a author named Donald McCullough who writes in his book, The Trivialization of God. He, he describes a Sunday morning experience. Visit any church on a Sunday morning, almost any will do, and you will likely find a congregation comfortably relating to a deity who fits nicely within precise doctrinal positions or who lends almighty support to social crusades or who conforms to individual spiritual experiences. But you will not likely find much awe or sense of mystery. The only sweaty palms will be those of the preacher, unsure whether the sermon will go over. The only shaky knees will be of those of the soloist uh, about to sing the offertory. The reverence and awe have been replaced with a yawn of familiarity. The consuming fire has been domesticated into a candle flame, adding a bit of religious atmosphere perhaps, but no heat, no binding light, no power for purification. When the true story gets told, whether in the partial light of historical perspective or in the perfect light of eternity, it may well be revealed that the worst of sin of the church at the end of the 20th century has been the trivialization of God. That's pretty good right there. Yeah. And if, that's, uh, if you sense that, a boredom in your own soul, then maybe we need to hear the exhortation of Hebrews. Today. Today. Get close to God. Stay close to God. The only way to do that is through Christ. Let's not take that for granted. Let's approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need, which is every day.
Good Amen. Way to yes. Yourself. Let's go eat barbecue. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may he grant you peace now and forever. Amen. 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 Thank you.